When we're out in public, no way I'm gonna let you talk about my cousin. You say my cousin, uh, he he's a nobody, or say if he drinks, he's a drunk, and oh, my uncle, I'm not gonna let you talk about my uncle like that. I'm going in. What? That's how it is with sports, so I get it. Comey Media Group proudly presents Revelations with Cole Johnson. Welcome to Revelations, the show that communicates truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and I'm so glad you're able to join us. Now, here is a CEO who had the wholehearted belief that he can turn nothing into something. That's the American dream, right? Well, I'll let my next guest explain how that American dream became a reality. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Raphael Haynes, a.k.a. Mr. Controversy. Yeah, that is his pseudonym. Mr. Controversy is his name, and this is his revelation. Stick in the screen. You know how to do it one time, but you know how you do. Definitely. Hey, how you doing? Doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great, man. Oh, working. Oh, I hear that, man. I yeah, I know that you're working hard on the brand, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I wanted to first, you know, touch on what has made Mr. Controversy tick before getting to where he is now. So uh, I know you're in the A, but you grew up in the shy. So how was that? Whatever it was, you couldn't fake it. Like Chicago would figure you out, the city. You can never come to Chicago and be fake. For some reason, there's just something about the city where the vibe is with anybody or everybody, I should say they can figure you out. They they can tell from the fake and the real. And mm-hmm. it made me get, I guess, um, I had to be up on my stuff. So whatever I wanted wanted to indulge in, I really had to know it. You know, again, if I'm, if I'm having a debate, I can't act like I know what I'm talking about when I really don't. I mean, that's where I was brought up. So I think in that aspect, growing up in Chicago, it, it I guess, molded me to where I am now. I feel like with sports, I can't cheat sports, you know. So if I don't know it, I don't know it. But if I know it or if I want to know it and want to talk about it, I have to make sure, you know, I'm sold on it and I'm selling and you're sold on it when I'm talking about it. So I think, like I said, growing up in that city, knowing that you couldn't be fake and the fake would be um, brought to the light, it molded me to the person I am now. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. And you grew up there at a real interesting time. Uh, I mean, you were growing up at around the time when the Bulls were just reeling off chip after chip after chip. So how was it growing up then in seeing Jordan in your in your city just rep the Bulls the way he was doing and just collecting championships like it was going out of style? Great. <laughs> you know, it, we were spoiled. Mm-hmm. You know, I kid now. You know, I think about um, think about the Memorial Day, um, Memorial Day period, and I think like this Memorial Day we had finals was on. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was growing up with the Bulls, every time it was Memorial Day, that meant the Bulls was playing the Knicks or somebody. <laughs> you know, that was the right. Eastern Conference Finals, Game Four of the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and we were always on. So, but it was great, man. It 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 really got me so spoiled to the point where it was just a given that the Bulls were going to win or the Bulls were going to, not even that the Bulls were going to win, but the Bulls were going to be near the end. Even the years in 89 and 90, mm. conference finals, Memorial Day, the Bulls were playing on TV when we were playing mm. the Pistons losing. But we always knew we were going to be towards the end. And I think that growing up in that era, it made me appreciate basketball. It made me appreciate toughness because the Bulls were tough. I think mm-hmm. – we don't get credit for being tough. You got to remember, we went through the Pistons. We went through, we had to, I shouldn't say through, but we had to defend our championships from the New York Knicks. So we went through maybe five out of the four or five, five out of six years, we were playing uh, bully teams, you know? And so we don't get credit a lot for being tough. But now when I look at basketball, one thing I don't like is teams that are soft. And that's because I grew up with that brand of basketball, being tough, mentally tough, uh, prepared. The Bulls were always prepared. And then we always had the best in Michael Jordan. So right. 
when I came to Atlanta, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Cole, I came to Atlanta and in ninety six. So at the beginning of the last three, mm-hmm. when I came to Atlanta and hearing people say that they hated the Bulls and Michael Jordan, <laughs> I thought I was blasphemy. I'm like, why? Like, why would you hate the Bulls? You know? And living in Atlanta, I know we're going to get into it later, but it was mm-hmm. weird because Atlanta was more of a city where it's a melting pot. So you had people that like the Hawks, Knicks, I mean, different teams, you know, because it was a melting pot here. Right. But Chicago was Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have had two or three people that didn't like the Bulls. I knew some guy that did that love Indiana, which was weird to us. How you a Reggie Miller fan? You in Chicago, <laughs> stuff like that. But it was like when I came down here, like what? <laughs> you, hate, you hate the Bulls? You supposed to hate the Knicks? I mean, because we hate it. You know what I'm saying? So, but man, we were spoiled, man. It, I remember '94 mm-hmm. when we lost. Um, that was the year. That was the first year Jordan wasn't there. We lost to the Knicks after mm-hmm. getting cheated by um, Hugh Holland when he made that horrible call. Or he would David saying Pippen fought him, then came back like in that summer and said, I made a mistake. But anyway, don't even get me started with that. But I remember losing that series and I'll tell it, first time I probably told it, man, I ain't watched basketball right after that, man. I didn't watch the Knicks when Knicks were playing Indiana. I barely watched that, so I missed the classics, the classic um series when Indiana Knicks were in the conference final and Reggie was going at it with Spike. I missed that. The Houston Knicks game, I only think I watched the last two minutes of game seven because I, I couldn't watch it. I think a lot of us, we couldn't watch. It was hard to watch basketball without, without Jordan and the Bulls or the Bulls. That's mm. how spoiled we were. Wow. Wow. And I've always wanted to ask that to someone who lived in Chicago around that time because it, 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 it seemed really interesting how uh, it, it, it seemed as if the people in Chicago, it mirrored how most of the country felt too because – you know, we saw this dynamic athlete just rule the roost when it came to the NBA for almost 10 years. And then all of a sudden he says, OK, I'm going to hang it up. And it seemed as if it was a whole shift. Right. And it was hard to really grasp onto how the sport was becoming in those in that year and a half that Jordan was there. And it actually did seem as if not just people in Chicago, it seemed like much of the country checked out and said, eh, it's not as it's not quite as fun. Uh, no, I, I don't think I I, I would want to watch watch basketball now. For, uh, it needs to have Jordan in it. Forget it. And it was just interesting. It was just interesting. But yeah, yeah, we definitely get to uh, how you move to the A later. But uh, well, of course you rep the Bulls. I figured. And in your videos, I've seen you wear uh, Bears jerseys. So uh, do you go hard for all Chicago teams? Uh, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, and or I should ask which of the baseball teams do you go hard for? <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I do go hard for most of the major, if not all. I mean, you know, besides soccer. I mean, soccer came to Chicago after I left. So after uh, I would root for them, of course, I was, wasn't was watching soccer back then. You know, now after covering the Atlanta Dream down here, I, you know, yeah. that, that's probably mm-hmm. one of the teams that I root for besides. And WNBA is probably besides Chicago teams. But yeah, Bull, Bears first, Bulls. Uh-huh. Uh, Cubs. Uh, Cubs are my favorite. Okay. Now, the funny thing about the Cubs and White Sox, mm-hmm. and White Sox fans, the White Sox fans hate the Cubs. And they're jealous because, I don't know why, because they have a, they had a chip, you know, they, they won the ring, and mm-hmm. I forgot what year, 2000, I forgot what year they won, but they won the ring, mm-hmm. and so I don't understand why they hate the Cubs, but they hate the Cubs, maybe because the Cubs get so much fanfare, but... Mm-hmm. The Cubs fan, it's not like we hate the White Sox fans, you know. We should be one of the envy of them, but we're not. And um, But I'm a big-time Cubs fan. I don't hate the White Sox, you know. I'm watching them. I root for them. But um, I'm a Cubs fan, a Blackhawks fan. So I go hard. I'm one of those fans, a fanatic, you know, where, like with the Bears, if we lose, mm. and it's funny because, you know, I mean, we hadn't been, won a Super Bowl. We hadn't been to the Super Bowl since 2006. For right. then, 1985, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're making the playoffs every year. But if we lose, I can't watch Sports Center at that time. Back then, it was Sports Center like Sports Center, or NFL Network highlights. I couldn't watch it until Wednesday. That's how mad I was. Like it would ruin my whole week. That's how much of a diehard fan I am. Bulls, same way. We lose and we lose playoffs. I go hard. I take it hard. So 
I'm one of those type of fans, even with the Blackhawks and Cubs. Mm-hmm. So even with the, when the Cubs won the World Series at Game 7, I could not. Going down to the, down the stretch in the ninth, I think mm-hmm. it was eighth inning when um, they came back and hit that home run. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was sick. I mm-hmm. couldn't watch it no more. I, I thought Joe Madden was throwing the game, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. Even when it went into overtime and then it had a rain delay. Mm-hmm. I had to turn I had to turn it off for a minute. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> do it. It was too much invested. My my emotions was dead. And I was like, if we lose this game, as late as it is, I'm not gonna be able to go to work. <laughs> I'm not going. Like I already know I'm not gonna be able to go to work. So it was <laughs> I'm that type of fan. You know. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah, you that go, type of fan. You go hard for your teams. Okay. All right. Well, then my apologies for how the Bears has been the last seven years because uh, <laughs> they would they would they, they upset me and I'm not a Bears fan. So I can only imagine how it'd be for you, Ooh, man. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what motivated you to move to Atlanta? As you mentioned earlier that you moved there in 96. Oh, I'm not that old. I was what? 17, 16 when I moved down here. So the family moved down here. And, um, you know, so we, I was here. And like I said, one of, one of the things I noticed, you had everybody from everywhere. And the fact that I was able to, my first year here, I went Braves games. Mm-hmm. I went Hawks games. Okay. And I went to, I went to a, um, what, I think that was it. But the fact that I couldn't understand that I was able to go to those games where, mm-hmm. Chicago, I wasn't able to go to a Bulls game or a Braves game. I mean, or a Cubs or White Sox game. Right. Yeah. So that was the that was the difference, I think. Yeah. And you know, being there is the fact that Atlanta fans and nothing against Atlanta. I don't want to. I don't want to um, talk about Atlanta and get on their case. But mm-hmm. the fact that the fans that was the first time I saw fans of a team and they didn't and they didn't really care about their team. They didn't support their team. So it it was a uh, mind blowing you know see that so mm-hmm. that like i said and that's when i caught reality that chicago fans were just different type of fans i thought everybody was like that about their team oh well, yeah but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't down it wasn't like that and to hear people talk about how they hated the bulls <laughs> and <laughs> that was just like what you hate michael jordan i'm tired of, i'm tired of seeing the bulls in the championship <laughs> ah, but now i understand it of course because of you look at you look at the um, Golden State Warriors, or you look at Cleveland. You know how everybody's saying, "I'm tired of saying." I, I get it now. Oh yeah. But I guess when you're in that position, mm-hmm. you don't you don't see that. You know, you don't feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's your team, you wanted the last. If it was twenty straight years, you would want it to last all that twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's other fans right. are like, oh man, every year it has to be this team. Yeah, you can't see it if it's your team. Yeah, it's difficult. But you're right. Yeah, when when it, you, it was. But you're right though. When you see see it being another squad that's that's ruling a a, a sport and you don't back them. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally can see that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I think that was a big difference, and you know. Just moving out here, sports related was the fact that mm-hmm. you saw different people. Then you saw, like I said, I'm not trying to harp on Atlanta fans. I'm not. I, I promise you, I'm not. But <laughs> this this is through my experience, right? So right. when I saw the fans that was like they only rooted for the team when they won, mm-hmm. when they didn't win, they talked about them. not talked about them like like with me. You know, a true fan, I believe you have the right to dog your fan, dog your team. Now. Yeah. When it comes to if me and you are talking and we're talking about the Bears, I'm not just mm. going to badmouth my team to you. No, that's family business. It's just like family. Right. You know, right. when I'm when we're out in public, no way I'm going to let you talk about my cousin. You say my cousin, uh, he he's a nobody or say if he drinks, he's a drunk. And no, my uncle, I'm not going to let you talk about my uncle like that. I'm going in. What? You know, drunk, <laughs> I'm ready to fight and all of that. As soon as we get home, I'm tired of this drunk. This drunk uncle need to get out. And that's how it is with sports. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with talking about your team, but I'm saying as far as the type where when they win, yes. Then when they lose, I'm sorry, Falcons. I knew they was going to be sorry. I knew they was going to be the heart. I never dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was just like, wow. <laughs> so, like I said, I think that was the difference moving down here, being with fans from other you know, teams and it was just, like I said, it was a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, man, Chicago is a sports hotbed. And like you said, 
that city goes hard for their teams. And very few cities that I know go as hard with their squads as Chicago does with theirs. And I can only imagine with you going down to Atlanta <laughs> and seeing the, the, the difference, how that would be. Cause it, yeah, I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, you all aren't passionate for the Braves, Hawks, Falcons. Uh, what gives? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would be all question marked all day if I were coming from a place that was really hard for their sports teams to a place where you have so many transplants. The interest is so spread and the interest would, if you were to be on an outside, on the outside looking in thinking, well, wait, does this city care about their teams? It gives off that impression, but I know it's not that it's just, there's just so many people that come from other places. You being a good example of that. Right. And then look at this. This is when I knew it was just, you know, just how Atlanta is, I guess because of a melting pot or what what have you. The 2003 MLB playoffs, the year that of the Bartman incident yeah. that year. So the first round we played, we played the, the Braves. Cubs played the Braves, right? Mm-hmm. The Braves came down. The Braves came down and, I mean, the Cubs came down here, game one, and you would have thought you were in Chicago. Wow. When I tell you it was more Chicago fans than it was in Atlanta. I had never seen that before. Like, we outnumbered the Braves fan in Atlanta. And you got to remember, this is the same team that won with nine, ten division, mm-hmm. been division champs in a row. Yeah. And you're not supporting your team. That stuff like that, I didn't get. So mm. you can only imagine how I felt. Wow. Yeah. That 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 has thrown me for a loop. How they just ruled the NL East, but it almost seemed as if it almost seems as if people who were Braves fans were like, Okay, wake wake me when we get to the World Series. Right. <laughs> it just like, seemed to be that way. We tired of losing. Yeah, and that's what it yeah. was, and I couldn't believe that. Like I just couldn't believe that, man. Y'all, you know, the Cubs been losing for decades. Mm-hmm. And you all went in and have had a nice ballpark as well. And you right. know support I couldn't I couldn't understand it. I it it like I said, I was baffled by it. But again, you know, like I said, it, it taught me um that what true fandom is and being a real mm-hmm. fan. Like I knew I was that but I took it for mm-hmm. granted because I like I said, I thought everybody was supposed to be that way, but not like that here. Right. Yeah. And I could see that with you. It, it, it makes it, it makes perfect sense for me now, just judging how you are on your show and how you describe how you are a fan. It, you know, it, 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 it makes perfect sense. And it, it crystallizes how your show is because it talks to that hardcore sports fan. And I love that. And it talks to a hardcore sports fan, but it talks to a hardcore sports fan saying, OK, yeah, you have the intelligence to wrap your head around all this stuff. But let's be for real. You like this team. Or you dislike what they're doing and you want to have a place where you can vent that. And it makes sense to me now. So when and how did the three-point conversion sports lounge even come to existence? Well, it started with the three-point conversion, um, like just the company. I I decided, um, I used to work, not work, but I was on a radio station, uh, on a radio show on a small radio station. I was invited and I would, um, they would have me there. And I did it for maybe a month. And in that month, shout out to 100 Yards of Football. Um, that was the radio show. And gave me my first chance. I liked it. I learned a lot within that month on, you know, the way you conduct yourself on the radio, you know, having that so-called radio voice and things of that nature. I learned a lot. But I saw a lot to where I felt like, you know, I wanted to change. Like, man, maybe this, it could be better if we did it this way. But it wasn't my show. It wasn't my show. So I remember I was sitting at the barbershop and I had this idea and it started from the show, what, which was called the three point conversion presents making the cut. And mm-hmm. you all, you all can go to our YouTube channel, the three point conversion YouTube channel. And we have, uh, you'll see it on the videos. It, it was a show where we would go to different barbershops and we would have a panel of three. I had my guys. And so it'll be two of us, and then we'll pick one of the guys on one of the guys at the barbershop, and they'll be the third guest. So it'll be a panel of three, and we would talk and debate about sports, barbershop style. Mm-hmm. And um, we videotaped it, of course, like I said, it's on YouTube. Once that happened, my vision for the three-point conversion was it was about fans. It was coming from a fan's perspective. You know, it, it wasn't about uh, being an expert. Because right. I feel like, prime example, when you watch some. You watch some of these uh, shows on 
certain networks, mm-hmm. you 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 was good because some some networks are better than others, and you might you know everybody has their choice. But you're listening to, listening to so-called experts, the football players, which is great. I'm getting the X's and O's. Why would this work? How it works? What it feels like when you're in the trenches and things like that. But we rarely get what they really believe and what they really think. Why? Because you got somebody talking in the air, say this, you got to be politically correct. I guarantee you, like I always say, it's a, it's a bunch of guys, I guarantee you, that's on TV that want to say, man, this, this dude is garbage. They can't say that. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I want to know as a fan. Who do you think is garbage? Right. Or who do you think is going to win? Not because of X and O's, but who do you like? Mm-hmm. So therefore, I came up with that idea of let's make it for the fans, where it's coming from a fan's perspective. And that's why I came up with the slogan, where fans' opinions matter. That's the three-point conversion. And like I said, we started the network. Then I came up with the show, the three-point conversion sports lounge. And it's a show where <laughs> you can check that out every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on Spreaker Radio, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker Radio. The three point on the three point conversion station. You can check it on iTunes and iHeartRadio as well. But it was just a show where I felt like I wanted the show to be about again the fans coming from a fan, where we would discuss what happened. We would talk about you know funny things. We would talk about stuff that mattered, stuff that made us mad, happy, whatever it was. But bring the fans and make them involved in the show as well. So now. We have what is called a chat room and sports lounge chat room. You know, you hear me say what the people are listening, what the people are thinking or what they're commenting on during the show. I'll talk to them during the show as we go. So that's the whole point of that show is fun. We we laugh. We You know, I coined the phrase stop it. And, you know, we have what is called the stop it button, you know, so <laughs> nobody's safe from that. <laughs> but. You know, and it's just fun, man. It's just a show where you can come in, relax, come in the sports lounge, kick up, you know, your feet, take your shoes off, dig between your toes, <laughs> eat, drink, and just be, and when I say guy, not as far as a, a dude, but just be a guy in the form of, in quotation marks, that guy where you just, you're at home, you're watching, it's like you're watching or listening to, a you know, guy's talk about sports, but we're in the living room. We're in your living room. I'm in your living room talking to you. Right. And waiting for you to respond back. That's mm-hmm. the three point conversion sports lounge. You know, this is a show where you just kick back and you just hanging with the fellas, hanging with sports people. That's what it is. And like I said, the whole perspective is it's about fans coming from a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think that's very important. I, I think we don't have that many uh, that many companies doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I came up with that approach. Yeah. And I, I could say I actually love the branding altogether. Um, it's, it, it it speaks to that fan, like you said. It speaks to that fan that, and I, I love that tagline where fans uh, where fans' opinions matter. Because in the grand scheme of things, their opinions do matter, and it should. And the moment when it's not, then that's that's problematic for a league, <laughs> if not a team. Yeah, right. uh, and you know, and that vibe. And I've listened to your show. Actually, I've been on it, and, and thank you for that. And I love the vibe. I love the vibe. It it is it is exactly how you described it. It's it's as if it's as if you are in the barbershop and you're 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 talking and it's like it, it's it, it seems like it's like a two hour version of who's the who's the who's the greatest basketball player of all time and you have that vibe all throughout the two hours where right <laughs> where where you know you have some who are like yeah you're right and you have others who are like. You got to be absolutely kidding me. Why did that come out right. your mouth? And and I love that energy. I love that energy. And it, rem- it, it reminds me of one of your segments that I love too. Uh, the segment called Battlegrounds. It, 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 it reminds me of the, the ultimate rap league or the URL. It has that type of feel, you know, where you have, you have it, you know, one sports fan that gives its take of a different si- uh, uh, of, of a topic and you have another one give a different or opposing take. As well. And, and it's never, or at least I haven't ever heard it be disrespectful from one to the other, but I love the, I, I love that, that feel, that, that, that fight ish feel. So how did you come up with that segment in particular? Well, it, so if they don't know, just, I know you described it, described it beautifully, but just in case, um, they missed out on it. So what Battlegrounds is, it's a, it's a game show. It's a game, I guess. 
since that show, but a game within my show where I have two contestants, they battle it out as far as who knows sports. You know, a lot of people believe they know sports. So, okay, we're going to find out who knows sports best. And what it is is it's three rounds, and each round I ask a question. Now, the contestants don't know where I'm going, what question I'm going to ask, what sport is going to be about. They don't, I don't tell them, all right, you have a week, these are the questions, study it, and then, no, they don't know. So I just ask a question right then and there. The first guy or person, uh, when I use guy, I, use, I mean not as a boy or girl, but just guy, you know. But anyway, the first person, I'll say that, I don't want to offend anyone. First person goes up, and after the question, I have 30 seconds. They have 30 seconds to come up with the answer, and then they have two minutes to argue their point. The next contestant comes in, and they come right in and give their two minutes of their argument. Next round, if it flip-flops, the other person goes first and so on. It's three rounds. And just if you never heard it, another, a question I would ask, it would be something like this, you know, name the best three-point shooter in NBA history, not name Stephen Curry, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, and, you know, maybe Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know, but it'll be that. Then you have 30 seconds to come up with your answer and then two minutes to argue. So it was fun, and I did it. Like I said, it was just to get people to really show what they knew about sports. I mean, it's, it's, believe it or not, you would say, oh, that's easy. It seems easy. I've had some of the people that I just knew that, I mean, would you call a true sports fan that know all sports, and they get on there and bomb because you're under pressure. Yeah, you, you don't know what I'm asking. When I throw the names out, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's funny. I just put it like that. So, but then you have people that shine. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, and we have the fans vote. I don't vote, but we have we have the people that listen to the show, and you know they vote, mm-hmm. and uh, we tell them the votes, and the winner goes on and moves on. So, it's it's, it's a great concept, man. I love it. And everybody that came on loved the concept, whether they bombed or they did well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's just another game for sports fans. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in, in hearing how you described it, almost like old school style, almost describes uh, amateur hour at Showtime the Apollo. It has that type of feel to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what, Cole? The funny thing is, it's funny you say that because, you know, I'm thinking every person would want to do it. After listening to it, you would ask somebody that loves sports, hey, man, why don't you come on and be a contestant? No, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> why not? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was listening to the show. I was hooked when I heard that. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is a great concept. That is a great concept." All right, yeah, so. It, oh no problem, man. No problem, man. So I remember seeing you and your brand, and I ran across your pseudonym, Mister Controversy. So how did that come about? Everybody feels like that I always got to bring controversy along. When we're debating about sports, I'm see, I've always been that guy where, and this is where controversy comes in, Mr. Controversy. I'm not going to be that guy that thinks and believes that um, I should go with the status quo. I would never be that person. And I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell how I feel like it is, the way I feel, where I see it. And I'm going to talk about the things that most people won't talk about. I won't right. talk about the obvious, mm-hmm. you know, people, most people are afraid to talk about that won't think about talking about because I don't want to go there. I'm, that's me. I'm going to do that. So mm-hmm. Mr. Controversy came in because, first of all, I always like to debate and mm-hmm. they always say, all right, see, you always got to bring up some controversy, man. You always because I'm going to talk <laughs> about let's Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Right. I, let's not talk about the fact that. Um, oh, he scored this many points or whatever. No, let's talk about how if you really look at look at him without his teammates, he's really garbage, you know. Right. Or like I'm, I'm just get into it. Like I said, I, I'm just get into the nitty gritty. I'm gonna tell it like it is, what's real, and won't hold back any punches. Now I'm not here to just down anybody, no. But like I said, I'm a fan. Right. I'm, a, I'm always gonna be a fan first. Mm-hmm. So. And I think from that, people always <laughs> felt like, man, you see, you always you just controversial. And therefore, I was tagged the name Mr. Controversy, and it just stuck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I have to tell you, you did a video recently. I saw a Bears jersey with <laughs> with the name Controversy on the back and on the nameplate. 
<laughs> I said he did not personalize a Bears jersey with his nickname. I'm like, oh, that's too much. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know I got to. Yeah, I got to, man. That's, that's who I am. It's oh, funny because believe it or not, you'll hear my wife every now and then she Mr. Controversy, mm. she call me that. Like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the funny thing though, Cole, is believe it or not, I've never thought that, you know, to be you know, I didn't do it to be famous. I didn't do it for none of that. I love this. You know, of course, yes, I want to get paid for it, of course. But exactly, how great it will it be to get paid to do something you love, right? Right. So I didn't wonderful. do it for the fame. Yeah, I didn't do it for the fame. I wasn't looking for that. But mm-hmm. not too long ago, I was uh, covering a game. It was WNBA game. I was covering it, you know. And I was walking inside, not here. It missed the controversy. Wow. What? Nice. I turned around because you would, I mean, I just never thought, I always wonder how like stars and who has that, you know, that um, alias, mm-hmm. like how it is to hear their name in public when, you know, usually when they were family, they go by their real name. So to hear Mr. Controversy, and I'm not doing the show, I wasn't uh, making a video. Right. So I'm like, who, who the heck is this? And I turn around, I'm like, I didn't even recognize the person. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I follow you on Facebook. I see your stuff and all of that. So that, that was big for me. Mm, that is that, awesome. That so they hear somebody call Mr. Controversy and know who I am. That's, that's funny. <laughs> oh gosh. That's great. <laughs> that is great. I was like, oh man, not, I was like, not a Bears jersey with the name. I was like, that's, yeah, that was a great touch. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I had to do that. that. That was the first thing I wanted to do. Let me get that on my jersey. I know who I am. That's... <laughs> I saw that. I saw that video, man. I said, "Oh, that's a great concept. That is a great concept." <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, it's funny that you said that that you were unafraid to talk about controversial issues and topics that you just like to get right down to it. I want Definitely. to know your opinion on this. So we witnessed last year uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, do his stance and. And of course, the the NFL, uh, I guess, heads outside of Goodell were railing against it, and the, and pretty much the big time payers of, of 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 the sport was disliking it. Yet you had most players and most other fans actually enjoying what he stood for, and and they enjoyed the fact that he was able to sort of channel and wake up echoes of what Muhammad Ali did, and 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 Jim Brown and other athletes before now. So fast forward to now and we're starting to see teams basically taking a hands-off approach on him. Do you think that this is how can I phrase this? Do you think this is uh, a purposeful blackmailing or do you think it's for NFL teams they're justifying it by saying, well, he's been 3 and 19 for the last two years. And yeah, he threw for 16 touchdowns and four picks last year, but he barely won one game when he started last year. Which of the ledger do you think is more true? Well, it can't be the, uh, what you, you know, what you just stated, the fact that they were three and 19. He's been three and 19 for the last two years. The reason why it can't be that because the fact that the team suck in football, it Mm -hmm. hasn't, I mean, we've seen who, who, We've seen Peyton Manning, you know, have a horrible season his first year. We've seen a lot of good quarterbacks not have great seasons. But you look at their talent-wise, no disrespect to anyone, but who did they have? What receiver did they have? Yeah, Torrey Smith you and. <laughs> right. Shoot, you, I don't even want to mention Torrey Smith, man. <laughs> so, like, right. they didn't have anybody. So, it's hard to win in the NFL. I don't care how, how talented you are. When you're you don't have a lot of people now. True enough, some of that was Kaepernick's fault because he was playing horrible, you know. He had, but at some point, but last year, sixteen and four with the team he had, sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions, the team he had can't be that. So I think this is what it is: not just being blackballed, but I think it's more of I ain't gonna say more of. I think it's blackballed. I think that's some of it. Like I said, I don't think it, that's just it, but I also think it's the fact that teams are scared of the backlash that will come if they sign this quarterback. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I mean, look at what happened last year anyway. You had a lot of people booing and mad at him. I mean, you got to remember, whether you agree or not, he, this was the American flag. Right. 
that people felt like he disrespected. Now, I was with him. I agree with why he was standing up. I think that's what people missed the most is the fact that what he was standing up for and why, uh, kneeling down for, I should say, and why versus the platform he was using. But other than that, I think you have to, you know, as an owner, you do think about that. Man, what would happen if we sign this guy and then people start, you know, protesting or people say, you know what? We're not we're not coming to the games so or we're we're that I mean you have to think about that so I think that it was a combination of that and then he got blackballed I think he did I think he got blackballed to some degree so I mean right now it's still like I was talking to someone it's still not too late for him to join the team and it could be where he just get on the team it might not be the perfect situation for you know but I just think that right now it's not it's not fair even though he knew what he was doing but I just think it's when Mark Sanchez is getting the job. Ain't no way in the world Mark Sanchez have a job and Kaepernick <laughs> is on the streets. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make sense. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think he is part of being blackballed with certain man, certain owners, and then I think is worrying about what's going to happen. Like for Kaepernick to come back and play, he's going to have to go to a football city. Football city. And what I mean by football city, New York, got to be one of New York teams, Philadelphia, Chicago, Green Bay. He can't, he can't go to Miami. Right. He, he he can't go to Jacksonville. I agree with you on that. You know, he can go to Pittsburgh. Like I said, you look at Ben Roethlisberger, as many times as he's been in trouble for raping and or allegedly raping someone, but he's still with Steelers. Why? People say, oh, because he's white or what? No, it's not. Let's be real. It's not because he's white. Because he's in Pittsburgh. Right. That's a football city. The fans really don't care about none of that stuff. Okay, he messed up. That's horrible. But when it's time to play football... As long as he's playing and he's playing well, that's all that matters. Why did you think Vic had a chance to come back? The only teams he could have went to was a football city. And who did he go to? Philadelphia. Yeah. And what happened? They didn't care. He won them. He started. This man got a second $100 million contract. The first person in NFL history to get $200 million, two $100 million contracts. That's ridiculous. But yeah. he was in a football city that all they cared about was what are you going to do on the field? It's as simple as that. And it's, it, it's beautiful how you express that. And it reminds me of what uh, the one of the owners of, of the Giants, John Mara, uh, said. And he said exactly what you stated. Like, man, gotten these letters from, from the uh, season ticket holders that said, uh, if you have Kaepernick on your team, I'm going to pull my season ticket, uh, my season ticket money. We're not going to go to the games at all. And he said that that was the that was the the biggest issue with uh with the the fan base with the Giants, and he would cause a huge distraction. Now the issue I had with that was so this guy who basically had a principle for which he stood, and yes, he used it in the backdrop of probably one of the most idolized symbols in the world. I get that, but you also are the same owner that resigned a domestic abuser after you found out that he did this. You know, so it, it, it's maddening to me. And, you know, when, when when I can hear owners say that about on one side of their mouth about a, a, a one guy and on the other side say, yeah, even though what he did is worse, we can excuse that because he doesn't affect the bottom line. You know, and, yeah, yeah. Right. right. No, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say that's what the NFL is all about. And I've been saying this for years. The NFL, OK, you look at the NBA, the NBA is, I mean, right now, the way they've handled situations, they're all about the players, making sure the players are feeling safe, and that's their issue. I mean, true enough, you're going to have issues where the owners and the players don't agree, but for the most part, the commissioner's job is to make sure the players feel safe. Yeah. And the owners, to a certain degree, have that feeling as well. Right. You know, we, we want to we do it the right way. Right. I'll put it like that. And we want to mm-hmm. do it the right way. That's Major League Baseball. I mean, there's more built there's built more on tradition, respecting right. the game. Mm-hmm. The NFL is about, and let's make sure, let's protect the shield, basically saying, <laughs> whatever, we can, whatever we can do to make the shield look good, that's what we're going to do. Right. So we don't want any bad pubs publicity we we don't want any great clouds hanging over so we're going to do and say what's right prime example the rate right situation right when Ray rice did what he did they swept it under the rug why because Ray rice is a great guy was a great guy he never got in trouble was a stand-up guy good running back but he was i mean he displayed himself as a, a great person yeah so when rice got in the situation they swept it under the rug all right we're gonna pat pat 
We're going to give you a little spanking. You be, we just suspended you for two games just to make it look good. Right. Everything was good. Mm-hmm. When that video surfaced and everybody <clears throat> went, now all of a sudden he's suspended. Why? You saw the video. It wasn't, no, it wasn't any way that you didn't see that video. Exactly. But that's the NFL. So mm-hmm. listen to what the owner said. When we got people saying we're poor, that was money. That makes us look bad. Uh, we right. can't have that. Mm-hmm. Versus we signed a domestic guy. This guy had domestic problems, but you don't really hear a lot of fuss. Think about it, man. They've let, that's why I say it's not just black and white, because it's, it's bigger than the NFL when it comes to stuff like that. But mm-hmm. think about it. You've had two people kill people <laughs> while drunk driving. Mm. I can't remember the first guy named from St. Louis Rams. Yeah, Leonard Little. He, he was Little. Little. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have uh, um, Star Wars. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. played in the NFL right after that. Yep. No, no fuss. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is a black guy. Yeah. Played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, he did it right. He stayed there with him, but it wasn't a big, you know? Right. But it wasn't nothing to make the NFL look bad. Right. That's what they are. So that's why I say it could be, I think some of it is blackballing, but you have a lot of every, they, they just, we don't want to lose our fan base. We don't. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I say if, if, if we, if, you know, a lot of people talking about, hey, let's go ahead and take a stand and, you know, boycott the NFL by not watching it or however you do. That's going to help too. But the NFL is mm-hmm. going to be in the, <laughs> going to be confused because like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to not, we got this side is against him, but boycotting this side is for him, boycotting, you know, what we're going to do. But again, I don't, the boycotting is, I don't think, like I said, it's just because they're like, you know what, we don't want Kaepernick to play because he set up for the flag and that's it. And I don't think it's that because if we boycott, it's not necessarily we're boycotting because the owner said we're not letting him in because uh, because what he did was wrong. He's not playing because, like you just explained, they're scared because other people are pulling their tickets away. So, uh, of course, we can, you know, people can go ahead and counter, counter mm-hmm. it and we can see what happened, but it's just a messy situation. It's, it's just the NFL. That's what it yeah. is. It's the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that couldn't have been explained any better, too. Uh, that that was well said. That was well said. Yeah. Because it, it is all about if it, <laughs> if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Uh, that's really how the NFL has gotten to be the number one sport in, in, in North America. And it continues to be that. Mm-hmm. It continues to be that, you know. And then on top of it, and, and you you touched on it. You have the NBA, whose union is absolutely ironclad and strong because the whole product is geared toward the players. Even the owners know that. And the owners feed into right. that. Whereas you have in the NFL, the union is very weak. Weak to the point where you now have the owners who did not did not earn the majority of the revenue in the last collective bargaining agreement got to earn the majority of the revenue. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it is definitely for the NFL. And I hate just like you, I love the sport too, but it's like what you said, it's all about the dollar. I mean, it's all about the dollar bill. And if you don't focus on that, you tend to want to paint all these other issues with the, okay. Yeah. They're black. They're, they're, they're blackballing cabinet because he's black and just leave it at that. You know, you have to dig deeper in all this stuff. You just have right. to. You just have to. <sighs> man, I, I, look, I could, I could talk all on and on about this with you, man. But uh, I know that uh, your your time is precious. So I'll ask three questions of you. Uh, the first one is, what is your biggest regret or lesson learned in your life? My biggest regret is quitting football, quitting the team. When I first mm-hmm. moved down here in 96, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had a tryouts, whatever, for the team and, um, in the springtime, and I made it, you know, made it to, I guess, phase one, and then we had um, summer practice. Mm-hmm. I mentioned I'm from Chicago, right? You did. Okay. And I moved to Atlanta, right? You did. Like 98 degrees outside, and the humidity was like <laughs> over 90-something. I mean, it was hot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I couldn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> I quit. Like, no. I can't do this. <laughs> There's one thing I regret to this day, because, man, believe it or not, I was, I mean, you know, I had speed, agility. I was old school, so I caught with bare hands, no hand, no gloves. I mean, I love football. I ate, drank, slept football, but it was too hot. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Like, that's one thing I regret to this day. Yeah, that's that's a partial regret for me, too. But uh, you, I think you got a little further than I did with my, with mine. But yeah, I can see how that could be a big regret. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let's flip the coin. What has been your biggest accomplishment? Oh, the business. Just the fact that I had nothing started out. I'm almost close to that right now, but no, but I had no. nothing as far as when I say nothing, I mean like we start. I started, we had the funds to get what we needed and how we started, like I said, with the show, we had to have a cameraman. Mm-hmm. We had to um, had to have a, a platform and we had to have material and people. Mm-hmm. None of that. And I remember my first meeting, I met up with these, these um, owners for a barbershop because I told them the concept. So they're like, okay, well, we want to have a meeting. Sorry, right. you have a camera guy? Yeah, I have a cameraman. I have a cameraman, you know. We have this and we have that. I ain't have none of that. Mm. But I believed and knew. I kept telling the guys at the time, like, two more people with me. And I told them, no matter what, let's go, you know, we it's going to happen, man. Just believe it. No matter what. Trust me. By the time we, we have that meeting in three weeks, we're going to have a camera guy. We had no money like that. We didn't know how much we were going to have to pay. And sure enough, and at that time, honestly, I just got all source from Coca-Cola. Mm. And yeah, we went on. So my money was low, but I went in, believed. And by the time we had a meeting, I had all of that with me, started the show and then just started the company from now on. And just where we started and everything I've said I was going to do and plan for it, it has happened. Now, it might not have happened right when I said it, but I think the reason why it's my big, biggest accomplishment is the fact that no matter what people told me or believed or what it, what it actually was at that point, I never lost track of my goal and my goal. So because of that and because of hard work, man, it was times, and, I, and I'll end it like this, but it was times where I would be working, stand up late, two in the morning, writing, editing, trying to do these videos, these shows, and I would tell myself, what's the point of me doing this? Mm. Ain't nobody, nobody paying attention and nothing's coming from this. And I, I think about that and just tell myself, you know what? Don't worry about it, man. Ah, get that out your head. Just keep grinding and keep grinding. And now I look at what's going on now. Like I said, we, we, we're credentialed for ACC, basketball, baseball, football, Sunbelt, baseball, basketball, football, the WNBA two teams, Atlanta Dream and New York Liberty, mm. MLS soccer, two teams, in Toronto, so internationally, in Toronto, Toronto Reds and, United, and Atlanta United, you know, it's just, and we just applied in February. It's the first time we ever applied to be credentialed. And just looking at where I came from, it feels great. Mm, wow. Yeah. That is a big accomplishment that you had, <laughs> you, 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 or you've having these entities who are, who've answered your question when you were grinding as hard as you were while you're doing this. And now, you know, and I've seen, I've seen interviews with Candace Parker and I've seen the interviews uh, with uh, dream and Liberty players. And, and I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen you, uh, you know, on, on the field, you know, at, you know, with Georgia tech. So I know that man, yeah, this not only has it paid off, but you just scratched the surface. Yeah. You, you just scratched the surface, man. And I look forward to see how, how, how much more of a, of an impact you're going to have because your brand is absolutely stellar. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's hard work. That's what I say. You just never yeah. know that, that cliche. You think it's a cliche. Hard work yeah. pays off when you were young and your uncle told you, your father, grandfather, you know, mother. And I thought it was just cliche. Right. I mean, you, you knew it was true, but you know, I didn't really believe it until I started seeing it. And it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Well, this is the, normally the time where I allow my guest to say whatever he or she has to say with any parting shots to anybody or any per or anything or pass along any words of wisdom. So at this time, Mr. Controversy, the floor is yours. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. So um, <laughs> basically, I guess I'll say this, man. Anybody that have dreams and goals, just do it. No one can stop you. If your mind has, if your mind is, I guess, dedicated to your dream and to your goals, no one can stop you at all. I mean, prime examples. You think about what happened, still the right, and what we were told at one point, what you know can't happen. What they were told, you can't can't do this, you can't do that, and went by it. Okay, but then one day. Hey, we're going to fight for this. Look what happened. Like I said, if no one can stop you from doing anything you want to do. No one. I don't care what the circumstances are. Work hard. 
is going to pay off. Somebody's going to see, you know what, they're doing this. Let me see if I can lend a hand. I promise you. That's what I got to say. Also, I hate Green Bay Packers, and I hate them with a passion. I hate the Packers. (laughs) That's all I got to (laughs) say. Oh, Oh. make sure y'all. Hey, make sure y'all check the three-point conversion out. Check us out. We have a website at threepointconversion.com where we have articles. We have great writers, uh, great analysts. We also have three-point conversion Facebook page. Check us out. We're always coming out with different um, type of, I guess, activity that you can involve yourself in. We have what is called a fair file of the day where we'll have a quote from someone that you might know of, and then we'll ask if this fair file will be a questionable or I guess questionable comment whether in questionable as far as not saying it's wrong but whether you you know it could go either way we have the battlegrounds on Facebook as well um, check out a Twitter page at the three-point conversion at just put up put three-point conversion it'll come up the three-point conversion at three-point conversion also check out um, me personally at mr. controversy 21 on Twitter Check out our Google Plus page, our Instagram at Three Point Conversion. And like I said, you're going to see us soon. If you don't know about us, you're going to hear about us. I promise you. I promise you. And I hate the Packers. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love that. I love that swerve. I mean, <laughs> you give you give me that, that inspirational, you can do it if you put your mind to anything that you want to do. And then you had to, you had to go Bears fan. I love it. I love it. That tells me you are a Bears fan. You could just say, I hate the Packers. You are a Bears fan. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to a CEO of a company and his company is absolutely wonderful. The owner, the founder, and the big time voice of the three point conversion, Mr. Controversy. And it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. You definitely got to come back on the show again, Cole. You know, sports can be really exciting, and I really love how sports can be. But what really got me was when he talked about what it felt like to grow up in Chicago, that people can recognize if you're real or if you're fake, and you're forced to be real if you grow up in Chicago. And that really hit home to me. The word says, whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. The beautiful thing about sports is that it is very difficult to hide what you truly feel. If you win, you're jubilant. If you lose, you're dejected. If you're mediocre, you experience both. It's really difficult to hide how you feel in the world of sports. And I think that is what really is the draw of the industry. Many thanks to Mr. Controversy. I appreciate his time and his wisdom. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. For more of Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O.